There is a phenomenon in the world of marketing. And even if you don't know this name, if you don't know the term for it, I know that you know the concept. You are aware of it. The, the, the name is brand loyalty. And in its definition, brand loyalty is the positive feeling that you, the consumer, gets towards a particular brand so that you become dedicated to buy the same product over and over again. Brand loyalty. You end up buying the same toothpaste over and over again. You end up buying the same toilet paper over and over again. You become loyal to that particular brand. And some people are loyal to you can be loyal to anything. Some people are loyal to a particular make of, of automobile. Some people like certain kinds of cars. My dad was a Chevy man. And I remember when he had to buy a car that was not a Chevy one time, and that was really, really difficult for him. That, and I, I met a man this past week at a funeral in Oakland, and I, I shook hands with the man, and he looked at me and he said, are you Shorty Hammond's son? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, your dad worked on my cars. Your dad was a Chevy man. And I said, yeah, yeah, my dad was a Chevy man. He said, your dad was a Democrat too. And I said, was he? Uh, we, we never talked about politics in the house. Uh, and he, he appreciated that my dad was a Chevy man, and then he appreciated how he could poke fun at my dad for his political leanings, for his loyalty to a particular political party. But we'll have brand loyalty to anything. Some people are, are brand loyal to Walmart. Some people are brand loyal to Target. Some people are brand, some people are brand loyal to Amazon because it's easier to shop there and you don't have to put your pants on, right? So some people like Amazon. Some people are brand loyal to uh, Apple products. Some people are brand loyal to Microsoft products. Uh, you'll be loyal to anything. Some people will be loyal to sports teams. There's Cardinal fans, there's Cub fans, there's football fans. Apparently football is, is the thing still. I don't know, we're starting again. I can't drive by a Starbucks without stopping at the Starbucks. I just have to stop at every Starbucks I go by, which makes it really hard to get to Mattoon because there's two of them now. Uh, but uh, last year I was in Champaign and I was meeting with a friend of mine and he said, you have to stop at this local place and try their Italian roast. He says their Italian roast is the best coffee in town. So I stopped at the local place. I got my Italian roast. It was delicious. I drove out of town drove straight to the Starbucks on down the road and stopped there and got a second cup of coffee because I have to stop at Starbucks. It's just who I am. And psychologists, psychologists tell us that brand loyalty develops within you when patterns are repeated that create comfort in you. Certain patterns are created that, that are, are repeated that create comfort and they satisfy you. But the problem with brand loyalty is you may be loyal to the brand, but is the brand loyal to you? That's the problem. You may be loyal to the brand, but is the brand loyal to you? The fact is, Starbucks corporate doesn't care whether or not I drink their coffee. Now, the local baristas, I walk in, they know me, they call me by name, they know my order before I place it, but Starbucks corporate couldn't care less whether or not I drank their coffee. I could stop tomorrow and they wouldn't care. Uh, the, the comfort that we feel from brand loyalty is completely on us. It is nothing that they've actually given us. It's what we have done for ourselves. And so, if let's say if a shoe company 
suddenly hires a spokesperson that you disagree with on some level politically or, or otherwise, and, and you get mad because of that, that conflict is within you. You are conflicted. You are angry. You feel betrayed, but they never promised you their loyalty. Now that's the difference between loyalty and faithfulness. Loyalty very often only goes one way. Faithfulness, on the other hand, is reciprocal. You are faithful to them. They are faithful back to you. So when we come to the fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness, one of the first things we have to realize is this is a promise. This is a promise of God's faithfulness to us and our faithfulness to Him. So as we approach this fruit this month, we're going to look closely at where we place our faithfulness to God and where His faithfulness is seen towards us. Where does God promise His faithfulness? And we're looking back at the church in Acts today, and we're going to be looking at the same passage next week in Acts chapter 2. By the way, if you're using the blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 911. It's page 911 right there uh, in, in, that, uh, in those blue Bibles in front of you. We're looking back to the church in the book of Acts, and we see, we see faithfulness expressed in various avenues as we've already looked at the passage today. But one area that's there from the very beginning is faithfulness to the voice of God. Faithfulness to hearing the voice of God. And so often, that faithfulness is expressed through the avenues of the Word of God and the avenue of prayer. Let me read this passage again. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. And they, that is the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes and receiving their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. For faithfulness, to truly be faithfulness, it has to be given and it has to be returned. And that's what we see when we're faithful to the Word of God and faithful to prayer. The example from Acts that we've just read, the example from Acts shows us that the, the Word of God and prayer, those both align us. They align us with the heart of God. And that's what we've got here in this, in this verse, in these verses. What we've got here is a summary statement about the life of the church, of the early church. You know, there, there are no commands in this passage, and I think that's important uh, for us to understand. There are no commands here. There's no command that says, you must devote yourself to the apostles' teaching. You must devote yourself to the Word of God. You must devote yourself to prayer. Rather, this just simply shows us, when Jesus took hold of these people, this is how they took hold of Jesus. When Jesus became important to them, when Jesus became central to their lives, this is how it was seen. This is what it looked like. While there are no commands here, there are, there's much here that we ought to emulate. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We still have the apostles' teaching through the Word of God. They devoted themselves to prayer. 
And these two in particular align us with God's heart. They are avenues of of intimacy with God. They are avenues where we can hear His voice and where He hears us. Later on in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes to his friend Timothy, who's leading this church in Ephesus. He writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, and Paul says, all Scripture, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What we read comes from God, is what Paul tells us. It comes from God, and it is given to us to to better us. It is God's faithfulness to us. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, tells us that the early church devoted themselves to the Word of God. They devoted themselves to prayer. And again, as I explained at the table, devoted means faithfulness, but there's a, there's a deeper emphasis than just faithfulness. It, it, is, it is a resolve to a particular course of action. They were committed. They were single-minded. They were not going to give up on these things. And again, from time to time, you become devoted to a particular diet. You've done it. I've done it, right? You get devoted to that particular diet. I'm going to do this diet. I'm, you know, I remember when, when the, the no-carb thing, sounded, you know, that sounded great. Like, yeah, you could eat all the meat you want. And after about three or four days, I would have killed someone for a potato, right? You know, you, you've been there. I was like, forget it. I'm going to go get some fries right now. You know, I was not devoted to that diet. Sometimes we, we say we're devoted to the budget until that one thing is on sale. And it's not in the budget, but we really want it, and then suddenly we put that aside. And that's not at all what he's saying here. They were devoted to these things. They were devoted in the good times. They were devoted in the bad times. They were devoted in the times when it was easy to be a Christian. They were devoted in the times when it was hard. Those days when everything was perfect, the sun came up, it was beautiful, the birds were singing, they were devoted. And those days when there were black clouds over them and they were feeling down and depressed, those days they were still devoted. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, Paul says, he's got three commands there. He says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. That call, if we're called to be patient in tribulation, that should tell us that we don't always get what we pray for. If we're called to be to be, fa- to be faithful, to be patient in tribulation, that means we, we don't always get what we pray for. Sometimes life hurts. Sometimes we suffer. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't hear us, but rather through the Word of God, through prayer, we come to understand God's heart better. Faithfulness to the Word and faithfulness to prayer, that they align us with, with God's heart. They also align us with God's plan. They, they help us to understand and, and get behind God's plan. Again, if you go back to Acts chapter 2, and this, this passage takes place right after the events of Pentecost. Pentecost, we sometimes call that the, the birthday of the church. It's the day the Holy Spirit was given to them. It's the day that the church suddenly uh, begins moving in, in, the, in the city of Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit had come on the, uh, on the church. God's plan wasn't just for the church to continue to just meet together. But to, but to grow, they were to, they were to reach out, they were to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to others. 
But that happened as they devoted themselves to the Word of God and as they devoted themselves to prayer. And what's the result? Look at verse 47. Verse 47 says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. He added to their number every day. He added them. More and more people were brought to Christ. In fact, if you jump ahead just a few chapters, and if you look at chapter 6, something's happening in chapter 6 of Acts, and that is the church is growing. Suddenly it's growing and suddenly it's exploding and, and new people are coming. People are coming from the other side of town, from the other side of Jerusalem. Now the people on the other side of Jerusalem, on the other side of the tracks, they, they dress different. They had different sounding names. They talked funny. You know, they talk funny over there. They do things a little different on that side of the town. And suddenly they're coming to church too. And, and the church has a problem. Who's going to take care of all these new people? What are we going to do with all these new people? And so in Acts chapter 6, there in verses 3 and 4, the, 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 the apostles stand up and the apostles say, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, seven men full of the Spirit and full of wisdom, who we will appoint to this duty, to taking care of, of the new people that have come in, to taking care of the widows and uh, of the new people that have come in. But we, we will devote ourselves, there's that word again, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. That's the same word again. Same kind of faithfulness, same kind of devotion, same kind of dedication. And then you look at the result in verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Do you remember, do you remember your math class? Back in chapter 2, what did it say? The Lord added to their number. What does chapter 6, verse 7 say? The number of disciples multiplied. Not added, but it multiplied. Something greater is happening here. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Suddenly, we got new people coming to church. We got new people who are part of what God is doing. People who've never been here before. People that we've never reached before. A couple of months ago, our elders spent the day, spent a Saturday with Ben Merrill. Some of you know Ben Merrill. Ben's an amazing guy. I get to spend Tuesday with Ben Merrill, by the way. I'll be with Ben all day this coming Tuesday in Jasper, Indiana. Ben is 92 years old now, and he's got more energy in his little finger than I do in my entire 51-year-old body. Ben is amazing, and Ben's got more wisdom than, than any of us would ever hope to gather, and, and Ben knows more about church growth than anyone I could tell you about, anyone else I could, I could tell you. Uh, ben knows, Ben will tell you what can work. Ben will tell you what grows a church. Ben will tell you what doesn't grow a church. Ben can tell you how to how to implement new ideas and new innovations. Ben can tell you how to get the people that say, we've never done it that way before. Ben can tell you how to get them on board. He can tell you what it'll take to get those people on board, to get that kind of dedication. But Ben will also tell you this, before you do anything, you better be praying. Before you do anything, you had better be praying because prayer aligns us with God's plan. And the Word of God does that also. I read from 2 Timothy a few minutes ago. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul says to Timothy, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. 
What you have heard me say, which we have a lot of that written down now, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust that to faithful men who will teach it to others, who will be able to teach others. Paul's hope was that his word would continue to encourage and strengthen others, and they continue to do that. The word of God continues to align us with God's plan. And because prayer and the word align us with God's plan, they also align us with God's blessing. And they do this because first and foremost, God is faithful to us. Because God is faithful to us. It's not about brand loyalty. It's not just that we are loyal to God, but that He is faithful to us. Back in the Psalms, in Psalm 89, verse 1, we sang it earlier. It says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known Your faithfulness to all generations. I think there's a generation that needs to hear of His faithfulness. And they're going to hear of it from us. That psalm goes on in verse 8 and says, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as You are, O Lord, with Your faithfulness all around You. It's not just a call to loyalty. It's a recognition of God's faithfulness to us. And so in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the, the church was faithful to the Word of God. They were faithful in prayer. And in verse 47, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4, the apostles devoted themselves to the Word of God and they devoted themselves to prayer. And in verse 7, the Word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. Over and over again, we see the connection. Faithfulness produces blessing. Faithfulness produces blessing in our own lives, in our homes. Faithfulness produces blessings in our church. Faithfulness produces blessings in our community. Faithfulness to the Word of God and faithfulness to prayer is faithfulness to the voice of God. I think the problem is we live in a world with a lot of voices. There are a lot of voices that want you to be faithful to them. There's a lot of people that want you to listen to them. And I don't know who they all are now. We used to talk about Oprah. Oprah said this. Or Oprah said that. Or here's the latest book that Oprah's got. And then there was Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil come on and he'd tell you what was wrong. You listen to Dr. Phil. And I don't know who wants you to buy their book this week, but there's a lot of people that want your faithfulness. And they want to be that voice for you. But you know, none of them can promise you their faithfulness. None of them are going to be there in the middle of the night when you're crying out. None of them are, are going to be there for you. None of them are offering you a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. That's something only God can do. The church in Acts listened to the voice of God. They listened to the voice of God. They prayed and they went to the Word of God. And then they did stuff. They listened to the voice of God and then they did stuff. And the stuff that they did, sometimes it didn't make a lot of sense. You read some of the things they did in the early church and sometimes it didn't make a lot of sense. Financially, it didn't make a lot of sense. We're going to go feed widows? Yeah, they went and fed widows. Financially, it didn't make a lot of sense in terms of which direction they would go. It didn't always make a lot of sense, but they did it. From human standards, we would say this looks like a waste of time. This looks like a waste of resources. But every time they did it, they were blessed. They grew 
and they impacted their world. If we're going to impact our world, if we're going to impact our community, we need to be listening to the voice of God and we need to be ready to act. Now, this is not one of those sermons where I chide you. This is not one of those sermons where I chide you for not reading your Bibles enough. You're not reading your Bibles enough. This isn't one of those sermons where I make you feel bad because you're not praying enough. Shame on you for not praying more. Because it's never about what we do first. Okay? It's never about what we do first. It's always about what God has already done for us. It's always about His faithfulness first. And instead, I want to remind you of something else that the Apostle Paul wrote. And I think this is just beautiful. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, after reminding his friends in, in that church that, that God has saved them, that God has sanctified them, that God has washed away all of their sins, and sometimes they still feel miserable, sometimes they still feel lost, sometimes they still feel like they have no idea what they're doing. In verse 24, Paul says, He who calls you is faithful. He who calls you is faithful. And all those things that He said He would do, the way He would save you, the way He would forgive you, the way He would restore you, the way He would make you whole, He will do it. He who calls you is faithful. I'm willing to bet that more often than not, you are discouraged by your own unfaithfulness. By, more often than not, you are discouraged by your own faithlessness. There have been times when you haven't listened to His voice you haven't given Him your hurts. You haven't given Him your pains. There's been times when you've listened to other voices. And sometimes those other voices tell us that we're worthless. Sometimes other voices tell us that we're weak. Sometimes those voices come from within us, don't they? Sometimes those are our voices. And we believe them. But I want you to hear me. None of that changes His faithfulness. None of that keeps Him from you. And He who calls you is faithful. And today, if you need Him, call on Him. Come home to Him. He who calls you is faithful. Let's stand together and pray. Father, I'm, I know I'm thankful today that even in those times when we're unfaithful, Your faithfulness stands. And in those times when we feel so very far away from you, you, You still stand near us. And even if we haven't called on You for a very long time, You are right there, listening and waiting and ready to hear our hearts. Father, there, are, there aren't many examples of faithfulness in our world today. Draw us close to You. Draw us closer to You that into your faithfulness so that we might be the kind of people you've called us to be and so that we can bear the fruit of faithfulness in our lives and to our world. And thank you that as you've called us, you are faithful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.